The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. This is Waddle and Sylvie, live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. WMVP. WSHE. HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. It's time to find the great on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Find the great, presented by Great Clips. Love the folks over at Great Clips. I think I find myself in there once every two or three weeks between Alex getting a haircut, me getting a cleanup. And if you go back sometime in the next couple of days, it's going to be great. It's always great. Love it. In and out. I use the uh, Great Clips app. Check in early. No wait. Just walk right in. It's what it's supposed to be. Done in 15, 20 minutes. In and out. Your stylist already has your style written down. They know. Clippers, one. Yeah. Trim on the top, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Great. That's why they call it Great Clips, Waddle. It's because it's going to be great every and time. And so we are not only doing our countdown with our great partners over at Great Clips, but we also find the great on Thursday. And this is great. This is uh, the NFL. NFL Films produces a show called Turning Point, where they take critical moments in games of consequence and, of course, there was only one happening this past Sunday, the Super Bowl. And they had a the second touchdown, or not the last touchdown of the game by the Chiefs, but the second time they ran the play where Sky Moore comes across in motion. And then as he is coming across in motion and the Eagles defender is looking to pass him off, Sky, uh, the ball is hiked. And then, kind of a yo-yo motion. Yes, goes yes. in one direction. It comes back and loses the Eagles' defense. Yes, yes. And they caught the Eagles off guard earlier in the game with Kadarius Tony, and then they flipped it, basically the mirror image, and then ran it on the other side. And again, caught the Eagles unprepared for it. But you'll hear in this clip, you'll hear the play, you'll hear the play-by-play of it. But then you'll also hear some of Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Matt Nagy and Andy Reid all discussing what was going on in this play. This is our Find the Great, brought to you by Great Clips today. It's the same motion that they did earlier when the Eagles blew the coverage on the other side. It's the same exact play they ran earlier. All they did was swap out Sky Moore for Kadarius Tony, and they don't pass it off again. Uh, there were different plays. They're good. My assistant coach are unbelievable. Formation. I know we were. I know. That's why I went the motion to run. I went the motion this dude on the other side. KT pointed that way. I was like, I don't know. The play, we were rolling formation. The clock was running down. I looked over. I don't know. We're running. I called it right. They lined up wrong. Let's go, dog. I got you, baby. Great job. Great job. We're not done. We're not done. The zero was as clear as day. You could see it. Yeah. They were both stacked. If he was walking in, I was like, they can't handle the slack. They're struggling with it. That jet motion's killing them. 
And if that was Nagy, right? I, that, that that voice I could I could acknowledge. He was in there a couple times. He was celebrating with Patrick Mahomes. We did not hear Eric Bieniemy's voice, but we did hear Andy Reid right. at the outset, and then we heard Matt Nagy celebrating with Patrick Mahomes as he was coming off of the field after scoring that touchdown. And that, of course, would give them a eight-point lead at that point. Um, they went up what would have been thirty-five to twenty-seven, and of course. The Eagles would come down and tie it, but eventually the Chiefs would go on to kick that game-winning field goal and never give the Eagles any real chance to possess the ball again except for a limp Hail Mary. This was was the ultimate ad-lib, and that's what you get with a player like Patrick Mahomes. And you don't throw the word great around a ton because it then dilutes... Really, those that are, or the thought that uh, about those that are truly great, and he is truly great. Oh, there's no doubt. And about what it. he's able to do is just kind of, and one of the best parts about what you just heard, and if you see the clip, it's also impressive. Is there's no panic. Nope. Like he doesn't call timeout. Like which is what m- probably 95 percent of the other quarterbacks in the league would do if a play is about to unfold and the ball is about to be snapped and guys aren't in the right spot. Usually chaos ensues, and there's a penalty or a timeout or something. Not Patrick Mahomes. Calm, cool, and collected. By the way, that's a rookie, Sky Moore, as well. Yeah. Uh, It was third and goal on that play. The Chiefs still had two timeouts. And, yes, you're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You would think if ever there's a moment to go ahead and burn a timeout and get what you want, it would be on third and goal when you're looking to increase your lead from one point because you're obviously, you know, inside the ten. That's a huge swing, you know, if you have to settle for a field goal. But no, you've got one of the greatest of all times. Who knows? Listen, we're lined up in the wrong formation. You heard him say, I called it correctly in the huddle. Yeah. And even Matt, ne- Matt Nagy recognized that they had lined up wrong and they still scored the touchdown. Well, and I think the key to the whole thing is, too, is the reason why you don't call timeout or he doesn't call timeout, I think you get the the inside scoop because as he's describing, I don't know if it was to Nagy or whoever else, he identified it was it was zero coverage, yes. which meant he knew that it was man. And whether or not he knew that Sky Moore was going to run the route that he did or not, he did know that the motion was going to affect the cornerback and they were going to find kind of the same matchup on the edge that they had found earlier with Kadarius Toney. So that's just a, a great quarterback with an enormously high football IQ allowing a play that's not going to actually go in a perfect, you know, n- not going to unfold perfectly, allows it to happen, sees the field, and makes a play. Yes. And by the way, he was wide-ass open. The corner was nowhere to be found. Well, and that's that's the brilliance, part of the brilliance of why this is our Find the Great presented by Great Clips is, yes, he recognizes that, yeah, if I, if I do burn a timeout here, now I'm giving the Eagles an opportunity and yeah. Jonathan Gannon to maybe whisper into my, you know, into the defender's ears, hey, don't forget, we just got burned by Kadarius Toney on the previous right. possession. Let's not let that happen again. No, but he doesn't call the timeout and uses it to his advantage. So it is nice when you've got one of the greatest of all time quarterbacking year roster. No doubt. Also, part of the reason why, maybe just maybe, someone like Eric Bieniemy is going to find it necessary to move away from the Chiefs if he's actually going to ever land that elusive head coaching job. He interviewed with the Washington Commanders today for their vacant OC position, which, again, that is the current job that he holds with the Kansas City Chiefs. But it seems to be difficult for him to get a head coaching gig elsewhere. He has interviewed 
with 16 different organizations yeah. now for the head coaching job and has failed to land it. And I don't know, like, I, I guess, and in, in again, we're just reading tea leaves and speculating. But to take the job as the offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders versus being the offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs makes no sense on the surface. No. Unless part of your your journey to becoming a head coach is going to have to include proving to others that you can be successful away from Andy Reid and getting rid of the the assumption that that offense is only working despite your offensive coordinator title because Andy Reid's in charge. And Andy has gone out of his way over the course of years to support, support him and Eric yes. Bieniemy and say, hey, listen, this is him. It's a collaborative effort at times, but it does seem a little bit strange. Look, I, I get it. There are a lot of people questioning on social media and other places, why isn't Eric Bieniemy a head coach in the National Football League? I don't have a great answer for you. I mean, well, I, I could say- speculate, you, you, you know, that for whatever reason, the interviews haven't gone. What would you say? He's interviewed as a head coach for 16, 16 different, different times? Yeah, with 16 different teams. Um, I will point out, he took over as the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator in 2018, which coincides with Patrick Mahomes' first year as a starter. Right. So for his entire time as the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. And I think it's very difficult to separate not just being an Andy Reid shadow, but also now being paired with this generation's best quarterback to date. Yeah. And so... You're going to have to, if you're not blowing people away in the interview process, I think when you look at that aspect of it, you're saying, okay, well, I know Andy Reid's there. So he's, a, you know, even though you've gotten a lot of credit and reassurance from Andy Reid publicly, it's hard for us to separate how much you actually do because we know it, it, it just goes to say that if, you, if you're somebody who works for me or, you know, and you're a trust employee, you've done well by me, I'm going to try and help you, you know, do well in your career going well, forward. So I understand why Andy Reid would support him publicly. True. I would expect The other issue, less. too, is, is I, I, I mean, Matt Nagy was in the same spot years before and found his way into a head coaching job here in Chicago. So, look, I don't know. He's gotten well, the interviews. How many again? 16. 16. This goes to show, like, you have to wonder, okay, so how does the inter- process, interview process go for Eric Bieniemy? Clearly, and, and we, you can talk about race, but the truth, it, truth, the truth is that even though the NFL has a, doesn't, have a very, doesn't have a great record when it comes to hiring minority candidates, it's not like they have completely avoided it. And if you look in this past hiring cycle, D'Amico Ryan's, was hired by the Houston Texans. So it's something that they've clearly put an emphasis on and they're trying to get better. Um, and so I don't think it's... It's clearly not racism that is preventing Eric Bieniemy from getting a job. I don't believe. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't believe that either. So, yeah, I mean, something just leaves me with the... I don't know what it is. It'd be irresponsible to speculate, but there's something there that has kept him from being given a, a head head coaching spot. And again, going to the Washington Commanders, you, you, you know, that's a lateral move. Well, I would... To, but, 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 I mean, yes, just in title, it's a, lateral, it's a lateral move. But the, let's here's the thing. 
this is why I actually think if Eric Bieniemy truly wants to be a head coaching, this is, I think, a shrewd move because degree of difficulty going to the Washington no Commanders who don't have a quarterback in place. This is a situation where if he does get that job and he leaves Kansas City and does well in Washington, all of a sudden there's no longer the Mahomes and Reed shadow. You can say, okay, it, clearly Eric Bieniemy has done this elsewhere and he's proven that it's not he's not just a one trick pony who's reliant on a great quarterback. Yeah. So if he can pull it off and have a good coaching career or a, a, a good offense in Washington under Ron Rivera, if he takes the job, well then all of a sudden I think other organizations are going to be more interested in giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, again, I, I mean I've full disclosure, I don't know a ton about Eric Bieniemy other than, you know, on the surface, I know he was a great player at Colorado, played in the league forever, and has been part of Andy Reid's staff for quite some time. I don't know what the interview process has entailed for him. Uh, but, yes, the news is is he will interview or has interviewed for the Washington Commander's offensive coordinator position. The other thing from yesterday, non-related to, to this conversation, was I got to tell you, I enjoyed watching Matt Nagy enjoy himself. Like, I don't have any... Like, I wish it would have gone better. I mean, there's some things that still stick with me about how things transpired. But to see him have, you know, have his fun, get his drink on at the parade, I thought was pretty funny. I, I actually, I, I was not sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't believe Matt Nagy. I was, I was, he was, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed watching him kind of have his fun with the the Kansas City Chiefs parade yesterday. When things are going well, Matt Nagy's a likable guy, right? Oh, yeah. Like there's no we, doubt. we we experienced it here firsthand in Chicago in 2018. He was there was a reason why, you know, Sylvie was one of his, you know, his number one fans when things were awesome because he's a fun guy, he gets it personality-wise, he's somebody who you can say I I see why his players like yeah. him, right? The problem right. was organizing an offense when it's your head on the chopping Well, block. yeah, and that's that's kind of a big part of the job. Um, this is the only way I see your guys, you know, the prediction of the, Matt your Nagy. prediction coming true is if for whatever reason Eric Bieniemy finds himself with another organization well, and they elevate Matt Nagy to offense coordinator again. Like I, I don't, I, I I'm on record. I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, because we've been there and done that. I don't think other NFL teams will go through that process with him again. But I think that's your only chance. That is your only chance of you guys suggesting that there will be some other franchise in the National Football League that will take the bait again. This would be the path that I would think would be most likely to prove you guys right. And I'm still saying it won't happen. So, we'll yeah, would, if the enemy does end up leaving KC, this has always been the point is that Matt Nagy is one step closer and eventually, I don't think it's happening anytime soon, Andy Reid addressed and actually talked about how he's not retiring this year, despite Yerko's gut feeling. And why would you? Because if you're Andy Reid, you've gone through you know a career as a head coach in this league, and this is you're riding high. You're yeah. at the, the apex, and there's no signs of you having to go down the mountain just yet because you can hang out at the top for a while as long as Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. So if you're Andy Reid, it would seem foolish who, at 65, even though he's older, he's by no means at a stage in his life where he can't continue to be very he's successful. He's got a unicorn. You don't run away from the unicorn when he's at the top of his game. Exactly. Yeah. So Andy Reid, I, I anticipate, will be hanging around for a while, which is part of the reason why I think Eric Bieniemy probably feels like he needs to move on or at least pursue a potential 
job elsewhere. I will also point out, this is something I did want to mention, Eric Bieniemy does have some issues in his past that might lead other NFL teams when they start looking around. He has a DUI that he was arrested for in April of 2001. While Just he, a very long time ago. Correct, correct. And um, he was also linked with some allegations at the Colorado football program um, when they were under investigation for the use of alcohol and sex to lure recruits. So there are some issues that Eric Bieniemy probably has to answer questions about during an interview process when he's talking with an NFL team. And Look, those we've are just, talked about those are doing background that we're checks, aware of right? Publicly, it, like with with regard to you know not insinuating anything, but Lord knows what goes into officially interviewing a, a candidate these days, and what the process is for everybody, and what is considered to be something that is. Too much to consider yeah, and what, what isn't. What's so. proper what, due diligence? When yeah. you're an NFL team and you're looking through the background of somebody and you see that they have an arrest, albeit a long time ago, right. but not just an arrest, but also allegations of impropriety for other issues, and then you start digging deeper, we don't know. I have no idea if there's other things there, but yeah. it seems odd that he's interviewed 16 times for a head coaching spot and still hasn't been given one, considering... Others. The offense he's been a, uh, he's yes. been a part of as yes. well. So, so. I, that's the one thing I guess we would caution people when you're demanding that Eric Bieniemy get a head coaching job. There may be something there that we don't know. Yes, unless that's you, all. I unless you yourself have done a thorough forensic investigation of Eric Bieniemy's history, um, the teams may actually know a little more than we do about whether or not they would want him to be the man right. heading their program. So, something worth you know. Food for thought, yep. if you will. Let's try Stan, who's on the south side, wants to discuss this. Hey, Stan, you're on Waddle and Sylvie Miller, and for Sylvie today. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? How's it going? What's up? Yes. Uh, I just want to be real. Let's, let's be real. We all older men. We, we've, been, we, we've lived in America all our life. So let's, let, let's ask some of the hard questions, okay? If Eric Bainemi was white, would he be hired a head coach by now? Do you think he would be a head coach right now if he was white? Boy, I don't. I, I can't. Let's be honest, Dan, let's Stan, be honest and Stan, be real. Let's be honest and let's be real. Well, I, it's not. It, on the table. Uh, no question. I I understand why you're asking the question. I mean, could we ask the same question about D'Amico Ryan's, who is was just hired by the Houston Texans? I mean, sure. Yeah, we can have. We can. We can have, But the success that Eric Enemy has had. D'Amico Ryan resume don't even compare to Airbnb's which, resume. Right, and which would lead you to, I, I mean, look, again, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of Eric Bieniemy's past. I do know that he's been part of one of the best offenses in all of the National Football League since 2018. And it seems odd, no question, that he has interviewed 16 different times for a head coaching spot and hasn't gotten one. That, I agree with you, is, is kind of odd. Okay, so y'all not going to answer the question? Well, no, but Stan... But I, I don't know. You're asking a, a hypothetical. We're, we're not the ones conduct, conducting the interview, Stan, of Eric Bieniemy. It's not like there's never been a black head coach hired in the history of the NFL, right? Like, so that's... I think that's the with point Eric that... Bien-Aimé, with, with Eric Bieniemy's resume now, that's so, what I'm talking about. But Stan... He, he has a nice resume. He's, he's coached the best quarterback in the NFL for the last five years. They've gotten to... Th- and five AFC championships. That's a dynamic Stan. resume. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Been, there's no he's, doubt. He's been he's been next to the best coach in the NFL 
for however long he's been next to the best quarterback in the NFL for, for how long now? But if Eric Enemy was white with that resume, do you, are we seriously thinking he wouldn't have a head coaching job right now? But then doesn't it stand come on, come on, guys. doesn't it stand doesn't come it lead on, you on. to ask the question then what is going on in the interview process that is leading teams so to So you say think to it's themselves, just merely the color of his skin that has kept him from being hired as a head coach and there couldn't there's nothing else attached to it. I'm not saying that, but what I'm what I am saying is that if he, if he was white, if he did have any other things on his background or anything like that, it wouldn't be looked at as bad. Okay, with his resume. Okay, because he's not a murderer. Nope. He's not a, a, a he's not a rapist or anything like that. Okay, I'm quite sure we can all look at everybody's background, and they probably have some little things on their background that you could question or whatever. He's a 50-some-year-old man. He's not perfect, but you look at his resume, and his resume should speak for itself because, and it's also, you also want to let other black men or other minorities know that if you do A, B, C, and D, that you will be able to get a head coaching job. Yeah, when it but, comes to us, when it comes to us, it's always little other obstacles that 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 that, that, that keep us from moving forward that you can look at and you can say. I, Stan, oh. I think it's a fair. I think it's a, and we thank you for the call. I think it's a fair question. I think it's a fair perspective. I don't know all of the details about what's. I think what entails an interview with Eric in the past. We're all asking the questions, and this is why I think it's a good move for Eric Bieniemy to leave Kansas City, go to Washington, and prove that it's not just Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid who are help, helping to shepherd him to this success. Listen, I think Stan makes a really good point. With someone with his resume, and whether or not you are helped by Andy Reid or not, or whether you're helped by the presence of Patrick Mahomes or not, Somebody that's been part of that organization and been in that role that he's been in, you would think that that would provide you the opportunity to be the head coach in the National Football League. And I'm asking like everyone else. Yes. That- why has that opportunity not happened? I don't know what the answer is. I'm not going to tell anybody that, that whatever conclusion you come to is an invalid conclusion. I'm not sure. My hope would be that it wouldn't be merely because of the color of his skin. I don't know what is in the minds of all the NFL teams that he is interviewed with. Just feels like somebody with his resume should have been given a shot at this point. I don't know. Does he interview poorly? It's a fair is question. Is there something Again, that, that we don't know about? Or is it just merely that? And But here's the thing, too. It's not, it's, again, it's not just one. He's had 16 different interviews with different organizations. So somewhere along the way... He is not clicking in the way in the interview process that owners are know. looking for. And, and, and we can't tell you, again, we're not in, those, in that process. And again, not every single interview was probably you know, uh, done with him as your front runner or maybe even given you know, as good a chance as some of the other candidates. I'll freely admit that. Sure. I, I, mean, and, and I, I think understand the skepticism. If, if you look, totally understand. If you look at Brian Flores' lawsuit where he talked about the Denver Broncos not really – giving him a legitimate interview. I, I, I agree. I think that's why it's worth having a conversation. But again, when you look at Eric Bieniemy, I believe the Houston Texans are one of the teams that did interview him 
I don't know if it was last year or if it was two years ago. They, I'm pretty sure he had an interview with the Houston Texans at one point, and they have since hired D'Amico Ryans to be their head coach. They hired Lovey Smith before D'Amico Ryans to be their head coach. So it it just lends the question, what is happening in the process that is preventing Eric Bieniemy from getting a job? And I think when you look at other black coaches who have gotten head coaching jobs, I think it's fair to say it's not race. It, it, I can't say, at least not in every case. Right. There's some there's some teams that are willing to, to hire a black head coach. I'm hoping all teams in the NFL are right. at the point where they're willing to do that. But there are certainly some that have proven through this hiring cycle and over the last couple of years that they have been willing to do so. So you know, it, it, look, I, I'll give you another example of a guy that had a brilliant record but never got a head coaching job, and and I don't know that it's an apples to apples comparison, but Vic Fangio waited forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Vic. You know, interviewed poorly, or they were afraid of something in Vic's personality, or whatever the case was. Vic didn't get a head coaching you know, job until he was, you know, yeah, with the Broncos, and yeah, he was in his late fifties, late mid to late fifties. Oh, at least, at, you know. At so least. I don't know. I mean, listen, it's hmm. it's it's something that I know is a question in the National Football League right now. I don't know what the right answer is, but it is odd that his affiliation with the this Kansas City Chiefs and his interviewing 16 different times as you said for a head coaching spot has not resulted in him in, in him being a head coach yeah definitely just it's just a it's one of the questions in the national football league that i don't have a great answer for so i mean it would be irresponsible to speculate as to why other teams didn't hire him. yeah again and, and I, it's an impossible question to answer if eric Bieniemy was white would he have a job i don't know i don't know if either. he interviewed you know in the exact same fashion that he did i don't know again maybe it's something in that process that's going awry maybe it's something in the forensic background check that they're finding that they're not liking. Maybe, again, maybe it's the history that he has that it, even though it's 20 years old, that some teams are finding a difficulty, you know, wrapping their heads around at an introductory press conference. It's all a possibility. It just seems the NFL would. If, There's a reason for it. I don't know what the yes, reason is. Yes. He's Waddle. I'm Mellor for Sylvie. Waddle's World coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you're here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Uh, welcome into Waddle's World. Brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us member FDIC. Haven't had any Bulls conversation yet today. No, we have not. Are you even interested? I mean, Boy. is it something that has just at this point? So they blew. You don't even pay attention to. Obviously, we'll talk some bulls with Michael Wilbon at five o'clock. But yeah, maybe a little bit earlier before that too. Twenty-four point, point lead, thirty-nine to kick. fifteen at the end of the first. Right, the shots were falling. They, they don't were... inspire really any confidence but whatsoever. It's like the, it's the Pacers too that you blow that lead to. I mean, it was the second biggest lead blown in the NBA this season. 
Well, they've blown three leads of 20 or more, right? Uh, I believe they've blown, I believe they've blown four leads of 20 or more. There have been eight instances this season in the NBA where a 21-point lead or more has been blown. And the Bulls have been the author of three of those. So it's unbelievable. three times this season they have blown the lead. You actually sit in your chair, and when they had they had a 20-point lead in the first quarter, right? 24. 24 was, point. Well, I mean, I don't. Is it to 15. I guess is that, that was. Was that at yeah, peak? No. Yeah. I'm just saying, I know when the first quarter ended, at least it was at, at least a 20-point lead. And I actually started I started sifting through. I got busy. I was talking to my, my wife and my mother-in-law, so I got distracted would be a better way to describe it. But I went to DraftKings to look at what the, the – seriously. The, the live I was, bet on the I Pacers? I was going to live bet on the Pacers. I believe it was plus 450 or plus 500. And I got distracted, oh. and I went away from it. Yeah, it was 39 to 15 at the end of the first. Okay. I thought, I thought that's what okay, it was. Okay, so 24-point – Lee in the first. It's just, I mean, it's... And it's this is the Pacers, too, by the way. Now, you, they've gotten healthier, and some of their guys are back, but still. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, Terry's Halliburton, Buddy Heald looked really good last night. But still, I mean, this is not... Yeah. This is not the... Uh, no, I know. It's crazy. 98 Bulls, you're blowing a lead. Uh, some, uh, some sad news for baseball fans. Uh, today, we learned that Tim McCarver, the all-star catcher and Hall of Fame broadcaster... Uh, has passed away at the age of 81. Now, didn't realize. I mean, I I knew that Tim was was close to 80. I didn't realize he had he he had uh, passed the 80 year mark. But at the age of 81, he has passed away. I didn't realize he had. Thought he. I always looked at Tim McCarver as a young man because I always think he had a young look. Interesting. See, for me, I grew up with him calling the World Series, and he was always. The but old, he didn't look the, like an old guy. But he was the old, he, but he sounded that's the like, old guy in me. He sounded like the old crotchety. Well, that's you know, fine. But I'm just saying, physically, he didn't so. look that way. He was still a handsome man. Did you? Were you old enough to really like watch him play? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I saw him play. Do you remember him? Uh, not really. As the Cardinals catcher going up against he, your Reds? No, not really. Not really. I, he two-time all-star right but yep. not not like a hall of fame caliber player yeah he uh, was a two-time all-star in 66 and 67 two-time world I was born series in 67 two-time so. world series champion in 64 and 67 so yes you probably i probably don't remember, remember him much more of, that. of him as a broadcaster yes. than a player i mean famously for me tim mccarver like what the first thing i think of is how family guy would parody parody Tim McCarver. Oh, we'll really? have, you know what? We'll have to, Charlie. I'll when we come back That's from exactly this next break. You have to find some Family Guy Tim McCarver, and uh, we'll have to remember the late great Tim McCarver. By oh, was he a focal point of the show? I think if I, if if memory serves, they made fun of him always stating the absolute most obvious. The obvious. If I if I if memory serves correctly. Okay, but well, maybe yeah, I mean, sure, not today is the day to give him hell about that. No, well, if not today, and we're certainly maybe not tomorrow. Gonna, no, no. Let's see if we can okay. do it. Uh, coming back from next break. Uh, I guess uh, this was about this. Uh, you handed this to me, uh, Tyler. Uh, Dean Blandino says that head coach Sean Payton has told him he's going to. It says do it every game next year if they don't outlaw the rule. And this is it says it amounts to a rugby scrum. The NFL wants to showcase the athleticism skill of our athletes. This is just not a skillful play. The, so uh, he's, he's referencing the quarterback. Play. Yeah, the, the, the basically the, whatever the, the Eagles run. The two cheek sneak. Yeah, that's some what they people call it. call it the tush push too. Like 
So Sean whatever, Payton's saying he's going to do it every time? Every single time. Until they, if they don't outlaw it? Yeah. Despite the fact he doesn't like it? Yes. But he, he acknowledges that it works. And it works pretty much 100% of the time. It was so, so. funny that, that when we had the Super Bowl gathering... Jesse Rogers when when yeah at I, one point I had a lot of yes he had a lot of those conferences. he sat he, was, he goes he was working the he room was working apparently. the room but he said oh, do you I think had, that yeah. they'll ever do yes did, you, did he hit you with it do you think they'll I ever outlaw that play and, and then we discussed whether or not a pass attempt on a two point conversion right. counts as an attempt and so I, that that would register with DraftKings and your same game part conversation I was having was I swore it was technically illegal but they had just essentially never enforced it. I think that the rule is you can't pull someone, but you can push someone. But why would you be pulling your quarterback? You'd always... Well, like if, no, you, but if, I thought... if, if, if a quarterback, you were in front of him oh, and, and you pulled him across the first it. down mark or the goal line. See, I thought pushing, though, was illegal, too, but it was something that they just never enforced. I don't know. Nevertheless, it is interesting because when you think about it, part of the when you have Jalen Hurts, part of the reason Nick Sirianni, you, you, were, you were joking with me about being an analytics guy, they have truly embraced it, and having that as your fourth down, you know, ace yeah. ace in the hole. Well, it also helps that your quarterback has got ridiculous leg strength and squats like 600 pounds. But here's the thing. When you have that, and you know that's going to be your approach, part of the reason the, the Eagles offense was so successful this season was they knew, for the most part, when it was fourth and two or less, they were going to go for it, and that gives you a huge advantage... Being able as a play caller to know how, like on third down, if it's third and seven, yeah. and all I need to do is take the five yards on a on a draw play or a, a quick completion because I'm not worried about converting on third down. It's a huge advantage, and and I do wonder if Nick Sirianni's approach will get more people around the league studying it and saying, you know what, we, we with especially teams that have athletic quarterbacks, yeah, Chicago Bears, to say, hey. It's much easier to pick up 10 yards if we have four downs to do it in. And so maybe we should be more willing to take this approach. Yeah, it's, I, I'm i not sure that the league, it's on their list of things to consider. But this all season, but individual teams. You no, know, no, no, no. Like, I mean going forward with regard to the concept of whether or not it will ultimately yeah. be outlawed. Do you, I'd be perfectly fine. If they took it away? Sean Payton, if, if they, I don't need quarterbacks being pushed personally forward. Well, Sean Payton's telling he's going to do it until he's told he's not allowed to do it. Yeah. So, how I don't do you have feel? a huge you, problem with it. Yeah, but if you told me that it was going to be you can't push made the illegal, then I'm. It's not you're just okay. the quarterback. The I've seen back. it in the past. Course, yeah. yeah, the running back too. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Um, I've never it, really it, thought about it. Is it. pushing your teammate in the spirit of football? I guess is. Are you cool with it? I, see, listen. In the spirit of football, my answer to your question would be no. It's okay to push the guys that are trying to tackle. Yeah, your running back or your quarterback. Yeah, like blocking. You're yes. blocking someone who's trying. To, you're trying to keep a potential tackler away from your ball carrier, but to actually push. Yeah, and you know, and part of it is aid and abets the uh, the running back or the person with the football. I'm not sure. I'm kind of. Kind of torn on this. It's what, not something that I'm demanding needs to be changed. But if they decided, you know what, we don't think that this is, we're not going to do things this way. Then I wouldn't. I would have no problem with that if they made it a rule that you can't do it. And, and one to complete it. One final thing for me is like I, part of it is when when the runner, the ball carrier is is stood up and their momentum is essentially stopped. I hate when 
the refs might give it that extra half second to ensure that it stopped. But then if a teammate's come, come right. rushing in and then yes. pushing you with more momentum, it does seem to defeat the purpose of the rule of stopping a runner's momentum, right? Right. And it's already hard enough to play defense. Now you're talking me into being an advocate of getting rid of it. If, if you're just going to blow it dead immediately when momentum yes. stopped, maybe okay. But if, if, if you're going to allow him to be stood up and then, oh, here comes his running back from behind just to push him and level him forward. It becomes a rugby yes. scrum. Yes. I think we, we've, we've come to the conclusion that Sean Payton already laid out for us. Okay. So now you've convinced me. I, I've seen the light, and now I'm willing to say to you that, yeah, I, I'm. if you ask me to vote for or against it, I'm against it. Okay. So if I get a vote, I'm going to vote that we outlaw this. Let's, uh, in the meantime, I'm not going to wring my hands and gnash my teeth. Tyler, please let the competition committee know that yes. Waddle is a nay. Yes. Uh, by the way, Mr. College Basketball, could you give me a little insight on what the Wildcats are doing in Evanston? Yeah, they as had a, they, a nice uh, win last night. 64-62 over Indiana. They almost pulled the Bulls last night and blew a 20-point lead. but they, Which isn't good. But they, they pulled it out at the end. They got a big shot with about three seconds left. and 10-5 and five in the conference? Yeah. Are they, they dancing? They're, for sure? Uh, after these last two wins, yeah. They yes. beat Purdue on Sunday. Four straight wins against ranked opponents, am mm, I correct? I believe that's correct, yeah. they Good for Chris Collins. And listen, like they... I know his proud papa, Doug, is you know, probably thrilled with what he's seen. You know what this means. Contract extension for Fitz. <laughs> it's got to, right? <laughs> well said. Are, how good are they, though, Tyler? You're our college basketball I, guy. I don't think they're that good. They're not that talented. Well, you got to bring, they, you gotta bring the, uh, the, the hose out today. The Big Ten isn't very good this year. And I think Ooh, but, which but teams ta- are good? But they're taking Duke's advantage not of a- great. Kentucky's not great. Like you know Purdue was the number Alabama. one team in the country. Alabama is now the number one team. Did they win last they night? They lost last night. But see, but like the, these are like s- traditional college basketball losses. You go on the road. You pro- in a close matchup, you usually lose. So, um, but the other good teams like Houston's good, Kansas is good, Baylor's good. There's some good teams still. But yeah, North- Northwestern they'll. They'll get into the tournament. They're, they're pretty much a lock at this point. All right. Michael Wilbon will be happy about that. We'll talk to him at 5 o'clock. I think that the tournament, I've spent zero, just above zero amounts of time watching college basketball. I will segue into some college basketball viewing now that the NFL season has been tucked away. But it feels like because of, you know, there's really no one or two or three big standout teams it feels like it could be a pretty entertaining tournament, no? Oh, yeah. This year? For it's sure. Really yeah. up for and grabs? And a lot of it's because the, the guard play in the sport is not good. There's no returning All-Americans from a season ago at guard. And in a sport that needs guards to, to have stability, that's created all this chaos this year. Gotcha. All right. That's your college basketball update. You won't get many of those on the show here uh, anytime be, soon. But, but maybe more often now yeah. that uh, we get so? hits mid to late February. Yeah, I do think so. I All think right. this is kind of the time. Although the Bears are, it's the the biggest Bears offseason ever. So right. we may have to keep that couch just a little bit. All right. Uh, time. To, I told you yesterday that I had a story for you that I was saving. I will bring that story. All men. Well, I think everybody. Okay. I think everybody. I take that back. I think everyone, all adults, will be interested in this story when we come back. Excellent. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. 
right, Miller. This is from Men's right, Health. Lyle. Men's Health. Yes, this is from Tuesday, the World's Journal of Men's Health. Studies of men from around the world show that the length of an erect penis has grown 24% over the last 30 years. 24% over the last 30 years. The headline also says that may not be good news. Uh Uh-oh. That sounds... The 24% growth over the last 30 years Mm -hmm. sounds like it would be good news, but it concerns some male fertility experts. The million-dollar question is why this would occur. That's the question That's the question I had. Over the last 30 years, we've had an increase of in 24% in the average length of, of the male penis. Of the erect penis. Correct. Dr. Michael Eisenberg, a urologist and male fertility uh, specialist at Stanford Medicine, who led the research, he's the one that said the million-dollar question is why, why would this occur? And it's a fair question. Do we Other have an research has shown that both sperm count and testosterone levels are falling. Oh, okay. Length may not be directly related to fertility, Eisenberg said, but anything that changes the reproductive system is fundamental to human existence and something we should pay attention to and try to understand why. So it sounds like studies have measured penal length dating back to at least 80 years, he said. He and his team compiled oh. data from 75 studies conducted between 1942 and 2021 feel, on nearly 56,000 men. I feel like studies have been conducted far back, far longer than just 80 years. The simplest explanation, he said, is that the method of measurement has changed over the last 30 years. Though there's no evidence the that that system. has happened. The metric system. Eisenberg got interested in the topic because of declining male sperm counts and testosterone levels. He thought research would show that penises are shrinking as these levels fall and men get more obese. Instead, he found that they're growing. And at a pretty fast clip, it certainly was very surprising. So it sounds like Dr. Eisenberg is saying that it's not necessarily the size of the boat, but the motion in the ocean. I don't know if he's saying that. No, no, I'm just, yes, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I still don't think after reading the entire article that there's a good explanation so, for why. So, other than the assumption that the measuring technique has changed. Why, that's all you got? I'm, say. I'm just... Measuring technique. Hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, so 30 years ago, maybe they were starting at the base... Whereas they want others. more evidence. Sometimes early puberty stunts growth, he said. It's not clear whether hitting puberty earlier makes or makes puberty last longer. It's probable, he said, the chemical exposure could affect penis length, but there's no evidence for that. He said if the findings were the opposite and penises were shrinking, everyone would be freaking out. Don't have a great explanation for it, he said, of his new findings. I think it merits further investigation, though. (laughs) Anything that gets men thinking about their overall health is a good thing. Okay. So. So the average size has increased by 24%. And sperm counts and testosterone levels have gone down. I think it's a trade-off most men would be willing to accept. That I don't know. I just... I was... 
I thought it was an interesting story. We'll One to. that was brought to my attention. We'll have to look and into it. And the truth is, is that the research, and it comes from the World's Journal of Men's Health, and a professor from Stanford's Medicine or Medical College, there's no explanation for why. All right. Again, though, maybe it's the measuring technique. If, in fact, there is an update to this story, I will bring it to you and those that listen to this horrible show. Keep it tuned to this station. We'll have you kept up to date. I will anxiously be awaiting an update on this. All right. Dan Durkin joins us next. We'll ask him his thoughts on the Super Bowl and what he thinks about all of this Bears rumor in regards to their draft pick, what should be done. We'll check in in with him next here on ESPN 1000.